As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Larry D here. Just wanting to uh, do a quick intro before we give you the uh, what I am using as the year-end review episode for the Chicago Bears this year. It's not quite as structured as they as they have been before. It was more of a free-flow conversation uh, kind of thing uh, between two Bear fans uh, on the radio, myself and Doug Wagner, when I made the trip down to uh, WMT in, in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. That you know I've been calling in. Uh, as the uh, as his Bears source uh, this year, uh, I had a fantastic time doing it this summer, and I just want to take this moment to thank Doug and WMT for having me uh, today and for having me on the air uh, all season. I look forward to doing it again in uh, 2015. So uh, hopefully that's something that we can uh, continue to do. Uh, also, um, you know, be on uh, during the off season. We got a GM and a head coach to hire, so that's probably going to be another reason for me to be on there. Uh, you know, you always have the schedule release, the draft, and so on uh, and so forth. So I'm sure this isn't the last time that Larry D has seen the airwaves at WMT. So uh, just wanted to uh, give you guys a quick intro, and uh, what we have following here is, is the show. As it happened uh, this past uh, Friday morning, uh, on January 2nd, myself and Doug Wagner, the 2014 Chicago Bears year in review show, minus all of the Iowa corn farm reports and Fox News segments and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, uh, as far as the show is concerned, uh, we will be back uh, in the near future, I'm guessing, once we uh, hire ourselves a, a, a GM and a, a head coach and uh, talk about those uh, events. And then, of course, uh, you know, it's that time in the off season where we don't get to see each other that much. Uh, but we'll be back with, uh, you know, like I said, when we hire our, our the, the future, our head coach, our new general manager. Uh, once again, when the free agency period starts, once the uh, the draft comes around, the schedule gets released uh, and so on. So, um, you know, it'll be a little while before we hear from each other again. Uh, just make sure that you keep your eyes on the Chicago Bears Review face page, uh, Facebook page or on uh, Twitter at Shy Bears Review, C-H-I Bears Review uh, for updates on when the next show will be coming out going forward. So uh, until then, folks, uh, it's been a blast. 
Uh, as you've heard me say, unfortunately, uh, in recent uh, history here, I'm glad it's over. I'm looking forward to the future and many happy shows uh, in 2015. So uh, here's the show, myself and Doug Wagner this morning on uh, WMT uh, in Cedar Rapids, giving you the 2014 Chicago Bears Year in Review. <laughs> expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of 600 WMT. Yeah, your usual theme song is replaced today by the Chicago Bears fight song because along with me, it's Larry D in the house for the Chicago Bears review podcast, season to review radio show. Yes, indeed. You got all that? (laughs) I'm here. I made the trek. I'm in studio face-to-face for a change. That's awesome. It's glad. It's good to have you up here. Larry. Happy to be here. Appreciate it. Uh, all year long, you've been a tremendous resource because we're the home of the Chicago Bears here. And it, I tell you what, when the season started out, even before the season started out, Larry, we had some seriously high hopes. A buddy of mine, Dwayne Schmidt, used to do the morning show and some other stuff here. He is a Chicago native as well, right? Mm-hmm. As well as you are. Yes, I am. And he... Uh, consistently, every year before the season, says sub 500, sub 500, <laughs> sub 500. I'm like, no, we're going to win at least 75 percent of our games. And every year, I get my tookas handed to me by yeah, him. it's uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, not since Lovey's last year in, in 2012 have yeah. we come close to winning 75 percent of our games. Well, and that brings up, I guess, the first question is that uh, we're going backwards. By the way, if you've got a question, you've got uh, our Facebook page at 600WMTRadio.com. You've got the Chicago Bear Review podcast page that you can pick up on Facebook as well. We're following Twitter here in the studio at 600WMTAM. Larry's got the Twitter feed for at Shy Bears Review. Uh, that's I- at CHI Bears Review that you can follow, too, and you can get us in questions. Also, you can call us with questions at 365-0600 locally, 800-332-5401, or star 600 on the U.S. Cellular Hero Line. Um, reviewing the season, uh, we're going to sort of give you the bones of the whole thing, but you can call in or send a message in, whatever you want to do. High expectations, defeated. Offense, defense, coaching, highlights of the year, the coaching GM search, and the draft needs. Uh, it may be in no particular order, but those are the things we're talking about today. Okay, high expectations. I've got friends. Why Why did they get rid of Lovey Smith in the first place? You know, I, I actually was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, and it was kind of um, almost mirror in, in, the, in the way that it was handled, the, one of uh, Lovey Smith's mentors and Tony Dungy. Right. He was the head coach at Tampa Bay for about six or seven years. Mm-hmm. He took them from a nothing football team to being a perennial contender on the play in the playoffs, right. went to an NFC Championship game, almost ruined that magic season of 1999 for the St. Yeah. Louis Rams yeah. by almost beating them. But it's like they always came up short, mm-hmm. and they just couldn't get there. You know, with Tony Dungy at the helm, mm-hmm. they go ahead and they let him go, even though they are successful and in the playoffs. They bring in John Gruden; he provides the missing piece. Yeah, they win a Super Bowl. So that's kind of what I think the Bears may be. We're doing. It's like they weren't getting Lovey, be, getting rid of Lovey because he was a bad coach, because he wasn't being successful. It's just that Lovey couldn't get over the final hump. Okay. And gotcha. not that Mark Tressman was John Gruden, wow. but 
he provided he had in his expertise was in the missing area that the right. Bears were always lacking in, and that was the offensive side of the ball. And this is really interesting because you're you're talking about the way that the Bears, uh, the, the different coaches that are involved, Lovey Smith, Mark Trestman. I didn't realize this until. This last week, the Chicago Bears have never hired a new coach that yeah. has had NFL head coaching experience. And I am hoping that that is a trend that we snap in half this uh, this yeah. time. About four or five guys on the potential mm-hmm. list have experience as a head coach a head in coach. the NFL. So those are the guys that I'm kind of more mm-hmm. leaning towards. I don't want to hire the the hot coordinator, the new out there. The yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want one of those guys this time around. Yeah. Larry D is Larry Dyer the third. Larry D for the Chicago Bears Chicago Bears Review podcast. He's the host of that, and you can pick that up on iTunes. We're doing a Chicago Bears year end review show here on 600 WMT this morning in uh, place of what's happening. We've got the Tax Slayer Bowl, the uh, Tax Slayer, when it used to be the Gator Bowl, coming up pregame at is, 11 o'clock. Is yeah. that which one it replaced? Yeah. The, yeah. Those ridiculous sponsors. Exactly. Uh, the, oh, man. <laughs> Don't get me started. But. I know. Well, at least it's San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Outrageous. That one used to be the Holiday Bowl, didn't it? I think think the Holiday Bowl is still the Holiday Bowl. They just keep switching sponsors because I used to actually work for Culligan at one point Mm -hmm. when they were sponsoring the Holiday Bowl. Every you know, if you stay around long enough, everything will come back, and in maybe fifty years from now, (laughs) they'll get back to the Rose Bowl, not the AT and T Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. Or the Rose Bowl presented, yeah, the, you know, yeah. or the AT and T Rose Bowl presented by Vizio or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Uh, here on the Chicago Bears review on what's happening at 600 WMT, had some seriously high expectations coming into the season this year, Larry, and it was all surrounding not the defense because we thought that okay, Mel Tucker can work with his defense, get something out of him, but the offense was the area where we had the incredibly high what was what was the viewpoint from the mountaintop looking down across Chicago Bears camp in Bourbon A prior to the season well it was enormously high the expectations for the offense because they actually exceeded expectations in 2013 i mean i don't think anyone thought that at the end of the year when you were referencing the second best offense in the NFL as far as scoring points, you'd be talking about the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Bears. Yeah. Because that had never happened. Yeah, that's not uh, a traditional before. it's it's like three yards and a cloud of dust yeah. and just sort of grind it out kind of football. Yeah, and, and Lovey's, you know, constant we get off the bus running the football line <laughs> in yeah. press conferences uh and such for for Alshon to have the breakout season he had last mm-hmm. year, for Brandon Marshall to keep punching out those one hundred catch seasons for mm-hmm. For you know, for Tressman to really show his quarterback guru status by, you know, Jay was better with the football in 2013, and then Josh McCown was almost perfect with right. the ball when he played, uh, when Jay was hurt mm-hmm. and everything. Forte was over 1,300 yards, his highest rush total in his career. The offensive line was healthy for all 16 games, a vast improvement upon what they were in, in, in 2012, where mm-hmm. Jay Cutler was getting sacked like an average of four times a oh, game. He, yeah, and, and this is a conversation that I have frequently with people because I still am not there with the people who are Jay Cutler. I'm not going to call them haters, but the <laughs> people who just don't like Jay Cutler. Yeah, It's tough for a quarterback to do anything when he spends half his time on his back looking up at the sky yeah. and, and two-thirds of the other half running around for his life because of the way that the offensive line's been played. So I guess, again, we started out with some incredibly high expectations because the offense, not necessarily the defense, but bam, first thing, right off the bat, game one, 
Buffalo, our offensive line just fell apart. Yeah, yeah. And it, it literally was, fell apart. It literally did. And it was actually the first time going into the Buffalo game, the first snap on offense was the first time that all five guys had been together. Yeah. Because Kyle Long started uh, training camp injured. Mm-hmm. Jordan, uh, Jordan Mills was still recovering from the foot injury that mm-hmm. he suffered in Week 17. You know, Jordan Mills missed the entire preseason. Yeah. So. His first action of the year was week one against Buffalo. And then halfway through the second quarter, Garza <laughs> and Slauson go down with high ankle sprains. Yeah, we lose them both for about a month. Yeah, and it was unbelievable because that was just the beginning of this because it was they, they never really did get back again until, was it week 16? I think it was, or was it a little bit earlier than mm, that? As that, far as what? The, the entire offensive line. Oh, no, back because what, I, mean, we, I think we made it to like week six or seven when we, mm-hmm. we finally got everybody back. And then it was again. But then Slauson got injured again, and yeah. we lost him for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, De La Puente <laughs> came in to relieve him. He got hurt, and we lost him in November. Uh, Jordan Mills was, was injured. Kyle Long made it to the Detroit game before he finally missed Anytime, and we know Garza was in and out of the lineup as well. Yeah. So, and even Jermon Bushrod got injured in practice and missed a couple of games. This was a brutal, a brutal season for the offensive line, which turned into a brutal season for for Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it brings back to I guess if if Jimmy Clausen could do it in Week 18, why couldn't Jay Cutler do it in Week 17? <sighs> I you know I think that you know after a while. And this is something that we actually saw in in the years prior when the offensive line wasn't up to snuff was that Jay would press. Mm-hmm. He would always try to turn Do something, get something out of nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that one of the if we're talking about the Buffalo game. You know, there was a play where he just tried to do too much, mm-hmm. and that was the where he rolled out to his right hand side and made the two mistakes you're not supposed to make as a quarterback. You throw it across the field, <laughs> yep. you throw it across your body, and he got picked off by a defensive lineman. lineman yeah. First interception <laughs> in his nine-year career, he gets it when Jay Cutler does the two things you're not supposed to do as a quarterback. Uh, so It was brutal at times watching this Bears team, especially the offense, but the defense was just as brutal. Larry D., Larry Dyer the third in with uh, Doug Wagner here on well, what's happening. What we're doing is we're going over the Chicago Bears season in review here uh you're more than welcome to call at 365-0600 locally 800-332-5401 or star 600 on the u.s cellular hero line you can hit us up either uh on facebook or on twitter he's at the chicago bears review site on uh, facebook we're at 600 wmt radio our twitter twitter handle is at 600 wmtam and the chicago bears review is at shy bears review that's at chi bears review lots more to go uh expectations dashed you've got an offense that's not firing in all cylinders what happens with your defense when that falls apart too doug wagner with larry d here on what's happening the chicago bears review style on 600 wmt <laughs> 600 wmt Here on 600 WMT, what's happening? Replaced today with the Chicago Bears Review Podcast Radio Season and the Review Radio Show. <laughs> That's a nice long title for something that you actually, the title that we have for this, Larry, is longer than the list of Bears wins. Yeah, that's kind of sad, actually. Yeah, it is. It's uh, really kind of brutal. I've been a Bears fan since I was a kid, uh, really since I was born. I, I, the only time is that I had that brief moment back when I was very young 
when it was the uh, Miami Dolphins. They had Bob Greasy, Jim Kick, Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, mm. Paul Warfield, yeah. Nick Bonacani, and they were my AFC team. <laughs> and uh, But uh, it's always been the Bears. Dick Butkus, Gail Sayers, Walter Payton. Yeah, I was, I was ruined from the start mm-hmm. uh, because Walter Payton, uh, the greatest football player that ever lived, oh, was... Yeah. Uh, was uh, you know in his prime when I was when I was coming along and I was actually at the game where Sweetness broke Jim Brown's rushing record. Really? Yeah. That was o- the Saints, wasn't October it? October of 1984. Yeah, against yeah. the Saints, and he had the flu that day. Did he really? Yeah. Was yeah. that the day he had the flu? Or was I that think the one the, where he that was when he when he yards. broke the rushing record against the yeah. Vikings. Okay. In, yeah. What, that 77? was 77. Yeah, that was something the, like that. Uh, 275 yards and kind of kind of reminiscent of when. Uh, Jordan had the flu against the Jazz in that one yeah. game in the finals. See, I get the flu. I don't come in. Yeah. <laughs> these yeah. guys They get go the flu. out there and do these extraordinary athletic events yeah. and set records and, you know, make history. It separates them from the rest of the people. 600 WMT, and uh, right now it is 928 here at Broadcast <laughs> Park. We are uh, in the studio. Larry D. or Larry Dyer the third host of the Chicago Bears Review podcast, joining us here this morning. We're going through the Chicago Bears season, and a brutal one it was on offense mm-hmm. and especially on defense. I don't think that we could have stopped – I don't think we could have stopped a team of grandmas – with walkers. Yeah, my, my, my favorite joke on the show is uh, me and 10 of my closest friends could have uh, <laughs> could have made a run for it against the Bears. Uh, now, anytime you've got Shea McClellan, I mean, he was a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. And who in the, who thought of him as the first-round draft pick a few years back? Unfortunately, our, our former GM, uh, yeah. Phil Emery, uh, yeah. did. Um, Which is why he's the former GM. Yes, yes, indeed. But that's um, just an example of this defense, and I know that uh, that Peanuts going down with an with an injury, Jennings mm-hmm. going down with an injury, didn't help. But frame this defensive destruction for us this year. Well, you know, it was just a a matter of uh, of a scheme issue, I think, because anyone who's listened to my uh, podcast this season has heard me talk over and over again about this area of the field that was constantly open. On the bear defense, and it was behind the linebackers and in front of the safeties, is where you would be able to find an open wide receiver, whether it be a tight end or a slot receiver, or or maybe even one of your X or Z guys. Yeah, you know, making doing a, a crossing route across the middle of the uh, field. Mm. It was constantly open for huge gains, and and uh, I remember seeing a picture online somebody posted mm. after the Dolphins game when they and. Boy, do we have issues after that Dolphins Yeah, game. yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> but there was a picture of a Dolphins receiver catching the football, and there was 10 yards between him on either side. And behind the linebacker in front of the safety, he had 20 yards wow. of open real estate in front of and behind him. That should never happen. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one thing if a guy makes a catch and you bring him down mm-hmm. right away, but it's another thing when the guy catches a football on a three-yard route and turns it into a 20-yard gain before anybody touches him. Yeah. And this was something that was happening over and over again. It happened in the preseason, and you know it happened over and over again throughout the regular season mm-hmm. in the beginning. And then finally Mel Tucker switches to man coverage so that we're on top of these kinds of guys. But, you know... That didn't seem to help much either. No, and if you start breaking it down, uh, you know, part by part, the defensive line 
they they did okay. Jared Allen just did not get out of the box. He was injured. He was sick actually in mm-hmm. preseason. But once he even got in there, he still he didn't get off. He didn't get off the Schneid until really week ten or eleven, maybe. Yeah, it was a it was a while before he got his uh, before he got his first sack. Uh, I I think maybe he was one of those guys that was uh, hurt by the surface that he was playing on because mm-hmm. all those years in Kansas City, all those years in Minnesota, even even outdoors in Kansas City, they played on turf, right? Or they played on the field turf, right? You know, they were the, indoors the in Minnesota, yeah. yeah. But it, it, you're faster on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Jared Allen's not a big defensive end. He only weighs about 250 pounds mm-hmm. going up against. 310, 330, you know, pound, pound tackles. offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be faster than the guy that he's playing against. And if he's playing on a surface that is the epitome of terrible, oh, as should, Soldier Field's it, field yeah. is. And who, because who runs Soldier Field's field down there? It's this, the Chicago Parks yeah, District. Yeah, it is. And. <laughs> You know, it, their their answer to everything is to just resod the field. Exactly, they resod. They're probably resodding it right now. Yeah, why just, not? Just you know, yeah, oh, let's resod it a little bit. Yeah, the guys need a little work today. So, with Larry D here on what's happening, it's the Chicago Bears review version on six hundred WMT nine thirty two. It's twenty four degrees outside right now at Broadcast Park. Uh, the off the defensive line was awful. Linebackers were non existent, and it didn't get much better when you had Lance Briggs going down with injuries. Uh, and then you go to the defensive backs. You had um, Peanut, Charles Tillman go down with injury. Uh, and then you had to bring up Kyle Fuller, who was a promising rookie. But still, when you've got Charles Tillman go down with an injury, I mean, see, years ago, back when Charles Tillman was just starting, my joke for him is that just call him toast because he always gets burnt. <laughs> He turned into an all-pro. This is exactly how Kyle Fuller could develop. The problem is, is between a serviceable defensive line and a serviceable set of defensive backs, except for Chris Conti, the linebackers were just this huge void. Yeah, and and that's where you know a huge disappointment comes along because this was supposed to be Lance Briggs' shot. Because he he tried to leave the Bears years ago mm-hmm. because he didn't want to play second fiddle to Brian Erlacher right. anymore, mm-hmm. and it just you know it after Erlacher retired, it just showed that uh, you know Brian Erlacher was ying to his yang, like they were much better together than they were yeah. by themselves because Lance Briggs disappeared the last two years. Oh, he did. He was they were sh- he was shamalama lama to Brian Erlacher's dinkity dinky do. <laughs> Is basically what it came down to, and there was no dinkity dinkity do, so no. he couldn't do it. I mean, no, really. he 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 was a shell of his former self. Uh, you know, after after Erlacher left, when it all fell on him, mm-hmm. it just he just didn't seem ready for it. It's kind of like Pippen with Jordan. Mm-hmm. Pippen was better when he had Jordan on the team because it allowed the, to be able to play off those things. So the offense and the defense just did not get what they needed to get done. Done. Uh, we're on the Chicago Bears review of the season. Here with Larry D. Larry Dyer the Third on 600 WMT. Uh, we're gonna let's see. We're gonna go ahead take a break. We're gonna catch up with Fox News uh, and then the latest from the WMT newsroom on local and regional news. Check of your weather and farm market information here on 600 WMT 934. We're gonna come back talking about uh, coaching for the season, offensive, defensive, head coaching, management. Uh, really just kind of a disaster. So we'll talk about that and sort of fall into the second hour because there's a lot of stuff we can talk about in the 10 o'clock hour 
that we are going to be doing because we're reviewing the Chicago Bears season here on 600 WMT. Park. It is 941 at 600 WMT, and we are checking out the Chicago Bears season in review here on 600 WMT. Doug Wagner with you, and Larry D. Uh, is with us this morning. Larry is the um, Larry is the host of the Chicago Bears Review podcast. Uh, Larry Dyer the third. Some highlights from the season. There weren't a whole heck of a lot of them. Here's one no. from earlier. Here's a snap back to Bridgewater. Bears bringing heat, and it gets to Bridgewater, and down he goes to the 42-yard line. A sack by the Bears as they brought a blitzer and some stunts, and they brought Christian Jones. And the pressure came. Ratliff got in there. Jeff Joniak with a play-by-play of the Chicago Bears net radio network, and you could hear Tom Hare, Tom Thayer breathing in the background. <laughs> Does that very well. Yeah. Um, but that had to have been the last game of the season. Yes. Because yes, Teddy it was. Bridgewater was a breakout player in the NFC North this year, in my opinion, at least. Uh, he was. You know, he he came into that uh, to that situation with Minnesota. He kind of got a raw deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Adrian Peterson and his issues basically oh. keeping him out for the entire yeah. season uh, this year. So he didn't have the offense that uh, he was probably counting on coming into it if he was going to be called in uh, to play because they had you know Christian Ponder, they had Matt Castle uh, in, in Minnesota, so he was supposed to watch and learn kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, this year but was kind of thrust into duty because of injuries and the fact that Christian Ponder was a huge disappointment for the Vikings. Definitely a huge disappointment for the Vikings. Uh, we're talking about Chicago Bears season review. It just got off uh, on a tangent there with Teddy Bridgewater. Somebody, you know, One of the questions we had from, uh, I don't know if it was the Twitter feed or the Facebook feed, uh, with regard to the coaching issues. Ah, uh, Yes, my, uh, my good buddy Ryan Simmons was uh, tweeted to me, uh, do you think it's time for the Bears to finally hire a former NFL head coach since they have never done it, in all caps, never yeah. done it before. So, uh, you know, and we did talk about that briefly, that, mm-hmm. you know. What's the what's the benefit of hiring a, a, a somebody who's got the NFL experience as a head coach? Well, you know, it's, it's well, for starters, it's for the Bears, it's because we've never had a guy like that mm-hmm. uh, before. Somebody who comes in with a plan, somebody who knows what he wants to do, or somebody with a tried and true method that has worked mm-hmm. for him in the past. The guys that are... That are candidates that are on the list as you know being interested or probable candidates for the Bears. It's it's a it's a solid list of guys who have had success, all except for one guy who the Bears are actually interviewing, despite my wishes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go over the list of former head coaches or current or whatever they are. They've got head coaching experience that are uh, in the mix. Maybe they're officially or unofficially in the mix. Well, there's Rex Ryan, who I think would be the favorite in Chicago as far as amongst Bear fans because of guys like, you know, God bless Lovey, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, with Tressman, Dick Duran, and even to a point uh, Dave Wanstatt, not exactly the most exciting guys in a press conference, also not the most exciting guys as far as emotion uh, on the sidelines. These guys were statues that breathed, basically. <laughs> you know, these yeah. guys, you know, whether it was a 99-yard play, mm-hmm. the most amazing thing you'd ever seen, or, you know, the worst destruction of a football team taking place on the field, 
these guys had the same expression one way or the other. And see, and that's something I, I really think that the Bears' owners are going to have a difficult time doing. I'll, I'll get back into that here in a second because I'll play a little sound from something. Who are some of the uh, the other folks that we're looking at here? Well, you have Gary Kubiak, who was the offensive coordinator for Baltimore. He was the head coach of the Texans for about six, seven years, led them to a few uh, playoff berths. You have Mike Shanahan, who won a couple of Super Bowls down there in uh, – in Denver with right. uh, John Elway. Uh, you have uh, Jack Del Rio, who's the defensive coordinator in Denver right now, but he was head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, actually led them to a few uh, playoff berths. And then the guy that I don't want the Bears interviewing, <laughs> uh, the recently, uh, well, he quit, actually, Doug Maroney, the yeah. uh, former head coach of the uh, Buffalo Bills, who handed us our first loss of the year. Now, yeah, that's interesting. He quit, and, and really, that's one of those weird things because he was just what two seasons in. Yeah, he hopped. He opted out because of a uh, ownership like, change. Yeah, uh, uh, there was a clause in his contract that he had mm-hmm. seventy-two hours after the end of the season to opt out of his deal mm-hmm. if there was an ownership change. He so, must have seen the writing on the wall, or I mean, maybe or he had a conversation with the new owner that he didn't like. Yeah. Exactly. One well, the two. then Kyle, I mean, it can't be because Kyle Orton retired because who cares about that? Yeah. I mean, at this point, I mean, it'd be nice to have Kyle Orton as a quarterback if you're in Buffalo. So, all right, we've got some of those people. Let's talk about some of the other potential coaches who are out there who are who they're looking at offensive and defensive coordinators that are yeah. in really pretty good positions right now. Well, you know, these are, you know, the hot, uh, the hot guys, you know, as far as being, you know, OC or DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, for their particular franchises, the, um, the the offensive coordinator would be the the uh, Adam Gase from Denver. Denver, Broncos. you know the guy directing, right? You know, basically telling Peyton Manning what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, not anymore because Coach John Fox is. I think that Fox is the one that ordered that offense change. Yeah, really. they kind of flipped the script down there in Denver. They're a power yeah. running team now, is instead <laughs> of being that you know finesse passing team that they were, especially mm-hmm. last year, fifty five touchdowns from. Mm-hmm. From Peyton Manning and it's got and Peyton Manning all flustered too. You can tell that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan defensive Quinn. Yeah, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator from Seattle. Now, what makes that interesting is that they're the number one team in least yards gained on defense and number two in points gained against, which yeah. is something that I mean that's a powerful thing. Yeah, it's not just the twelfth man up there; it's that defense out on the field. Which, yeah, those, by the way, those guys a linebacker amazing. by the name of Wagner. <laughs> Sorry. There are no dyers in the NFL, Doug. That's not fair. <laughs> um, you also have uh, other defensive coordinators like Todd Bowles uh, from from Arizona, who I believe the name sounds familiar to me. I believe he was an assistant for us, yeah, uh, in Chicago at, at one point or another. Maybe it was a defensive backs coach or mm-hmm. or something like that. But uh, and then the other one, I I was looking at a Tribune article, Chicago Tribune article online mm-hmm. that listed Dave Tobe as a possible <laughs> candidate for. Head coaching uh, position, yeah. which uh, would be very interesting for my for my younger brother mm-hmm. Michael, because he actually went to high school with Dave Tobe's son. Really? Yeah, they went to Carmel. Okay. Carmel High School in, in Chicago. Uh, well, not no, in Chicago. Indiana. Carmel is in um, Mundelein. Not what? Mundelein. I always forget what That's, it's. It's Liberty Chicago. Libertyville, Libertyville, Liberty okay. Illinois. It's in the Chicago area, though. Right? Chicago area, okay, yes, indeed. It's all yeah. Chicago. Well, there's See? there's Carmel and there's Mount Carmel, the powerhouse yeah. team that's always in the state championship games. And but in I'm Chicago. telling you, later, once you get once you get west of, oh, b- b- of Aurora, me, I know. Yeah, it's I all know. Chicago. I all know. Right. I know. Okay, I know. good. Um, 
This is what it sounded like the other day when they had the uh, change of when they had the in, the press conference mm. talking about the changes that they were making that they were going to be getting rid of the coaches. Uh, they got actually it's interesting because they got rid of the head coach Mark Trestman. They got rid of the GM Phil Emery. They got rid of the offensive coordinator Aaron Cromer, and nobody can figure out why they didn't get rid of the defensive coordinator. Well, I'm I read that it's a matter of time. Like it's something to do with his contract or something like that. Okay, they're not keeping Mel Tucker. I better not be because he is horrible. Yeah. Well, here's a couple of different pieces of tape that uh, came from that day or those days around there. First one is Tim Jennings in the locker room talking a little bit about uh, what happened with uh, Tressman being released as head coach. Done with the business. It's a change. Hopefully, uh, it'll be a good change. You know, um, for the veteran guys, it's been one of those down seasons for us. Uh, defense is, you know, something we definitely expect as a team. We didn't hit any of our goals. So um, it's something to look forward to and, and see the change that's going to be made. Um, yeah. You hate to see people go. You hate to see coaches leave. You hate to see players leave. But that's the business of the game. As, uh, as Kirk Ferentz would say, that's football. Um, that was his famous line from this year. But it, really, he's right. It's a business. Tim Jennings hit the nail on the head. Well, I, was, I, I made a list. I was looking online of the 2015 free agent, who's, who's basically out of contract now. For and, the Bears. Yeah, and the list of people, I, I can only see. There are like two people on this list that I would like to see back next mm-hmm. year. One is, one is Steven Paya, and the other is, uh, is Brian De La Puente, just because I think he didn't get a – he kind of got a, a raw deal, yeah. well, not not from the Bears, but just but from life, you know, I mean, being injured and yeah, because yeah. he was a starting center down in uh, New, New Orleans. Orleans, yeah, yeah, and he comes up here and it just it was a bad situation for him. I'd agree with you. Paella was one of the um, definitely one of the, the bright spots. Mm-hmm. One thing that was not a bright spot was the coaching this season, and. Um, McCaskey, uh, George, is that his name? Yeah. George McCaskey was at, I just had a blank. He was standing there, uh, he was standing at the meeting um, with, the, with the media, uh, talking with them, and, and George McCaskey received a question that said, basically, how's your mother doing with this? How is she taking Because Virginia McCaskey is yeah. the matriarch. That's Papa whole. Bear's daughter. Exactly. And she, um, it was really interesting because everything stopped. For like 10, 15 seconds, literally, he stopped talking. You could see, you even mentioned this. You said mm-hmm. you talked with your father about this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your father mentioned the, his face changed, the whole tenor of everything changed. And when he opened up his mouth, this is what came out. He agrees with the decisions that we've made. She's pissed off. I can't think of a 91-year-old woman that that description would apply to, but in this case, I can't think of a more accurate description. She's been on this earth for eight of the Bears' nine championships, and she wants more. She feels that it's been too long since the last one, and that dissatisfaction is shared by her children, her grandchildren, and her great-grandchildren. She's fed up with mediocrity. She feels that she and Bears fans everywhere deserve better. I've got to tell you what. I said this. I have got goosebumps listening yeah. to that. And the reason I do is because McCaskies don't get pissed off. No. They, they just kind of go with the flow. He was serious about this. Yeah, and I, and I think that kind of goes to, 
like the very stoic head coaches that we've been hiring. I think that post that, uh, Ditka, yeah, yeah post yeah. Ditka, yeah. Since uh, since Ditka, we've basically made a mistake every single time out. Yeah. But uh, you know, that kind of goes in line with mm-hmm. you know not being very you know being very even keeled, no emotion. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of guys we've been bringing in. This emotion right here mm-hmm. kind of shows. The emo- number one, the emotion that Chicago wants to see. Yeah. And number two, hopefully, uh, you know, this these are the winds of change here that we're seeing that is going to lead to something different for oh, the Bears. Man, certainly hope so because I've got some friends. I spend uh, I spend Sundays usually hanging out with the same group of people. We watch NFL football, and one of the things that comes out of this is that. Basically, the Bears don't want somebody like a Ditka anymore. The McCas- they said this, you know, McCaskies will never hire anybody that was like Ditka because they don't like that bombastic person that's going to outshine the team. They want steady Eddie. They want somebody who's going to be predictable. That's the exact opposite of what we need. It almost sounds like George McCaskey said that's what they're going to look for as far as maybe a head coach, they're going to choose a GM first, it sounds like, Mm -hmm. as well. And I don't know if you've got anywhere at all a list of GMs, potentially, but we can talk about that maybe this coming hour. We've got a lot to do here. We're wrapping up the Chicago Bears season with Larry D. Larry Dyer III, it's the Chicago Bears Review Podcast Radio Edition, wrapping up the season. Uh, Take a quick break, and then at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock, we've got Fox News here on 600 WMT with Doug Wagner. Fourth and inches, they'll go for it from the Bears. Two out of the eye. Bridgewater under center again. Ellison in motion. Snap Bridgewater. Handing off Asiata. Met in the hole. Driven down. Maybe the Bears stopped him on fourth and inches with 2.53 left in the game. And it appears they did. Ah, that was one highlight. One highlight. Just one. Exactly. That's all we need. To keep us happy. God help us. Don't let us turn into Cubs fans. I swear. If that happens, Larry, I'm going to have a fit. Well, I am a Cub fan, so it's uh Oh, I'm sorry. It's a disease. Sorry. So, <laughs> I'm uh, a Pirates fan, so I'm it's seeking, almost as bad. I've always been, you know, in, in recovery. <laughs> you know, uh, I go to meetings. <laughs> Here's a 12-step process. Yes. Here at 600 WMT, it's the Chicago Bears Review Podcast Season and Review Radio Show on Review on 600 WMT with Larry D. Larry Dyer III. My name is Doug Wagner. 25 degrees here at Broadcast Park. It is 1029. Coming up around 1033, we're going to check in with Fox News, the latest national and international news. Catch up on your local and regional news following that. And then a look at weather with Kyle O'Mara here from Broadcast Park and 600 WMT. Well, um, Larry, what would you consider probably what would you consider the top highlight from this season? Have you had to choose one thing that you went, you know what? I'm pleased. I'm well pleased with this. The uh, well, it's uh, a, a combination of the fourth quarter against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We were down twenty to seven. We're on the road in San Francisco where the Bears hadn't won a game since Reagan was president. Second game of the year following the beatdown by Buffalo that we yeah. did not expect. Right. And, uh, you know, for, for anyone who was looking at the Bears' schedule at the beginning of the year, you were like, win Buffalo, mm-hmm. loss at San Francisco, and mm-hmm. instead it was the other way around. Yeah. We, we lost at home to Buffalo, then we went out to San Francisco, opening of a brand-new uh, stadium out there in, in Santa Clara, and on national television, Sunday night football, uh, you know, the Bears get off to a dreadful start, you know, down 20 to 7 going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Kyle Fuller, who was in, re- in, in relief of 
the injured and done for the season Peanut Tillman. Uh, two interceptions back to back that Jay Cutler turns into touchdown passes. He threw four for the game, three in the fourth quarter, two to Brandon Marshall, one to Martellus Bennett, and just like that, the Bears beat the 49ers 28 to 20 on national TV. I mean, that has to be the highlight of the year for mm-hmm. me. No, I'd agree with that. I, I think that that's a, it's an awfully good one. I, I'd say, for me, is Matt Forte stepping up again, and despite the just horrid offensive line play <laughs> and the inconsistent play of Jay Cutler, I think the fact that Matt Forte continues to be an Iron Man. I mean, this guy came, he came from an Ivy League school. Col, it was Colgate, right? Yeah, he came from Colgate. Matt Forte? Yeah. He's from he? Tulane. Tula- no, Tulane, that's right. Yeah. Who was from Colgate? No idea. I bet you it was Conti. Anyway, so, okay. Conti went to Berkeley, California. Okay, well, it's just as bad as an Ivy League school. <laughs> Forte goes to, okay, let's call it the Ivy League of the South. Tulane University the down Harvard in The Harvard of the Lower Midwest. Exactly. <laughs> so, Matt, Matt Forte uh, is not very well heralded when he comes to the to the Bears. I mean, they know about him, but people just are like, what's how's this going to work out? But, man. The thing about Forte is that he's he is a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Uh he's, you know, he's a good football player, awesome out of the backfield. Um in a lot of ways I think Forte is overrated. Mm-hmm. Um he's probably one of the easiest running backs I've ever seen in being tackled. There's not a whole lot of effort that goes into tackling yeah. Matt Forte. And in a lot of ways Matt Forte tackles himself. No, I'd agree with you. Because he'll do that thing where he'll run into the hole and rather than lowering his head and running over the guy in front of him, <laughs> he will try to dance and juke and yeah. you know try to make the guy miss. Uh-huh. And instead, he's slowing down, running in place, waiting for the defender to come and hit him. No, I agree with you on that. He he does do that quite a bit, and it gets frustrating, especially when you, you he's waiting for a hole to develop. And what he'll do is he'll just like kind of move sideways, and then he'll move sideways the other way. It's almost like watching a boxer. But there may be no better running back out of the backfield receiving the ball. Oh, I agree with I mean, that. There's yeah. he's better than a lot of wide receivers in the yeah NFL. he is he's amazing out of the backfield catching uh catching passes um you know and you know once you get the guy into open space mm-hmm. good luck yeah because he has the speed to outrun you and mm-hmm. uh you know he is you know for a big running back he, he is very fast for for a running back his size yeah he's he's good in many ways he's a, f- a decent blocking back with that offensive line the way it's been he's had more than his share of uh of stuff to pick up as well um i'm, I'm thinking that uh paella probably is my big defensive he to watching him develop and when uh, ratliff has been able to when he's been healthy and been able to get out there there's been some some changes. I'm not quite sure how this rookie defensive class, like how Ego Ferguson has developed over the season, we'll have to see. But you help me, help me if Shea McClellan and Chris Conti are not gone. Well, Conti's Conti's done. He's, His rookie contract is done. Good. McClellan's only got a year left, so he could possibly be gone as well, especially with the new regime coming in. McClellan's only set I set to make about a, m- a little over a million dollars. Next year, so if we got rid of him, I don't think the cap hit would be too catastrophic. Yeah, uh, it's nine hundred thousand too much. In yeah, my opinion. and I'm being yeah. generous. Yes, I so. because I just don't see where. I mean, granted, he came from Boise State and it was yep. a powerful, but what did they see in this guy? Did they see the next Brian Urlacher or something? I 
Well, no, because they drafted him to be a defensive end. So they right, were, no, I mean, but the, like, like they a were small, thinking that I was thinking a small, I was thinking a small school guy yeah. that can come in and make a big splash. Yeah, he was supposed to be the bookend to Julius Peppers. You know, he was supposed to be the guy that that gave uh, Peppers some relief from the double teams that he was facing mm-hmm. over and over again because we had nobody on the other side to give him any kind of breathing room. Mm-hmm. You know, now imagine this year. If we'd have held on to Peppers with Willie Young oh, on the know. other side, yeah, imagine how effective Willie uh, Julius Peppers could have been with Willie Young yeah. on the other side. Meanwhile, you've got the NFC, you know, the the um, the chicken dance going on with Peppers going from <laughs> Chicago to Green Bay, yeah, and Allen going from Minnesota to Chicago, yeah. and we ended up really in the well, and Willie Young going from Detroit to Chicago, Detroit, yeah, exactly. We ended up in the wrong. I, well, okay, I guess I won't say that. We did not get out of this what we thought we were going to get out no. of this. No. Exactly. Larry D. is Larry Dyer the third. He is the host of the Chicago Bears Review podcast, and he's joining us in studio. Um, we've got, uh, let's see, we've got one more segment left here on uh, 600 WMT. Aww. Yeah, I know. Just And then we have to wait until next year unless there's breaking Bears news. Well, we are hiring a uh, new head coach here in the near future. Yeah, so we'll have we'll have you on a couple more times to talk about this throughout the off season. Uh, but we're going to take a break for Fox News, national and international news, local and regional news from the award winning WMT newsroom. Kyle O'Mara with your weather and the markets brought to you this morning uh, by Double G Angus Farms and six hundred WMT. Whenever the big stories break. We keep you in touch with what's going on. 600 WMT. Snap is back, Cutler to throw. Stepping up, throws on the check down over the middle at the 21. Forte to the 25-yard line. It'll be fourth down and long, and Matt Forte has just set the NFL record for most catches in a single season by a running back Uh with his 102nd catch passing Larry Centers who said it in 1995. So Matt Forte also becomes the fourth back in NFL history with 1,000 yards rushing and 800 yards receiving in the same season. That catch put him over 800 yards. Marshall Falk, Roger Craig, Stephen Jackson all have accomplished that. Remarkable names to be associated with. Yes, indeed. But there was one thing that was Mm -hmm. depressing about that particular stat line for Forte was that those eight catches Mm -hmm. accounted for 23 yards on Sunday. <laughs> That's less yeah. than three yards a catch. Exactly. No, you're less right about three that. Yards a catch. Yeah. That is so sad. Well, and that's see, that's part of the mo, though. I mean, it's this is what it's like actually being a uh, an Iowa Hawkeye fan. I <laughs> I did something yesterday. I put up on my Facebook page. I said, "Hey, a friend of mine put up there. What's the best uh, business type book that you've read in 2014?" Well, I said, "What's the best book you didn't read in 2014?" Go and so and people got what I was saying. A friend of ours, Leanne. Uh, she's sort of big Hawkeye fan, and she says, "Need eight, go three by Greg Davis." And that's just the way that it is. Is that each time the Bears needed to produce something, they found a way to underproduce. They overpromised, they underdelivered, and it was a consistent, constant thing. And really, I mean, the the NFC North. If we don't get a GM and a coach, a set of coaches that are going to be able to resurrect this team, we may suffer. I mean, look, do we want to be in the basement of the NFC North? That's something that's supposed to be occupied by the Vikings and the Lions. Yeah. No, it's – well, I mean, that's where we ended up this year. Yeah, it is. By a couple of games, actually. Yeah, we could have evened up with Minnesota. Yeah, they finished 7-9, the Bears – 
five and eleven. The only five and eleven team in the NFL this year, actually. Really good enough for the seventh pick in the twenty fifteen draft. Well, you just you're falling right into where we need to go next. We've I am got a professional. This, yeah, seventh pick in the draft. Larry D of the Chicago Bears Review podcast. Larry Dyer the third joining us here on six hundred WMT. Wrapping up the Bears season. You can find his podcast, the Chicago Bears Review, at iTunes. Definitely recommend. Is this something you'll keep us sort of updated throughout the off season? As during the off in? season, what I like to do is I hit the highlights during the off season. I hit. Uh, well, in this case, I'll, I'll definitely be doing a show whenever we hire a GM mm-hmm. and a coach. Mm-hmm. I always do a show when the schedule comes out. I do a show after the draft. And then starting around June is where the, the regulatory or the, you know, where it becomes a bit more regular. Right, right. Um, I, I always open up with the 2015 or the, well, in this case, 2015 opponent preview yeah. episodes. Like next year, we play the AFC West and the NFC West. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the, the other divisions outside of our own. So right. you'll have an AFC West show, you have an NFC West show, mm-hmm. you have an AFC North and same place opponents mm-hmm. show. So okay. you'll have those, you know, the four teams. The home and home shows. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. And it, it, tell you what, you can catch that on iTunes, Chicago Bears Review Podcast. It's uh, definitely worth your time to, to download that and get that into your subscription list right now. We have needs in the draft. It's mm. very easy for us to say, man, we need a sexy quarterback. Yeah. It's very easy to do that. We've done that in the past. A long time ago, Cade McNown from UCLA was a first-round draft choice, and we've it screwed us up for quite some time. Yes, it did. So <laughs> I said that. You should see I'm the reaction. Practically weeping here. He could have put his thumbs Cade and just McNown, shoved his oh eyeballs back into his skull. Shoved spikes in my ears <laughs> to hear the name Cade McNown again. Oh, so man. It's, it's really neat to be able to say, oh, we need. It, I don't think we need to start a quarterback. But where no, do we need to start? No. And, and, you know, the, the name, especially with number seven, you know, I, I, I read or heard about like. Uh, Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay has the Bears taking Jameis Winston in the first round at number seven. Please help me if yeah. that, that does not happen. I hope yeah. to, to heaven that does not happen. Jameis Winston, I've got, I've got one, two words for you. Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. That, I, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, That's train wreck no, waiting to happen. Our, you know, our, our big draft needs are on the defensive side mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, number one, I think – uh, depending on who, you know, we can argue about this all day. It's either going to be linebacker or it's going to be safety, mm-hmm. one of the two. Because I think we're we're okay at corner. We'll probably add depth later on in the draft, I would think, at cornerback. But should not be our first pick out of the gate, especially if we're picking number seven. You'll, we'll probably be in a good position to get one of the top safeties coming off the board uh, there. Or, you know, if there's a linebacker worthy of the number seven spot, you know, that'd be a good job, good thing too. And also... Number seven is right around in that area in the first round where people want to start trading up for things. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could trade back a little and get a few more picks, uh, you know, later on in the draft. Maybe add a second round pick, or mm-hmm. maybe like uh, Cleveland when they made their trade with Buffalo, so they could trade up to get Sammy Watkins at number four. They earned an extra first round pick in 2015 to make that move. So um, you know, maybe that's something the Bears could do in this year's draft, which is actually taking place. In Chicago this year. Oh, the draft is the draft moved. No to Chicago. way! I did not know I that. I'm stoked upon. Stoked oh, about where's that. it going to be? Oh, honestly, I don't. I know. I got to find that out yeah. because that would be an awesome thing to go check out. Yeah, 
It really would. That it, just uh, the feel of the whole. Just thing. so I could yell at Kuiper to stop talking and. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Who Larry, wants Larry, to talk? Larry, 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 yeah. Larry, oh, Larry, God. Larry, Larry. Those, <laughs> those Frank Caliendo sketches. No, who I would, who would like, who I would enjoy throwing things. That would be Chris Berman. Yeah, I just like I am so over you, Chris Berman. You need to stop talking. He just, does. He does need to stop yeah, talking. And, please stop with the nicknames. Yeah, and we we need. I mean, we need to have some strength in that defense because that's been the 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 defense has always been the heart of the Bears. You, the monsters of the midway or the you, the offense should fear coming to Soldier Field, where we eked out. Did we have one win this year in Soldier Field? I think we had two. We had two. back-to-back victories. Okay, that's actually. right. Yeah, back- Tampa Bay and Minnesota. Yeah. Ooh! Yes, and then the creams of the crop. I came onto the show uh, one morning and like, "Hey, Larry, two wins in a row." I was like, "Speak for yourself, Doug." Both of those wins were pathetic. You know, we beat two of the better, the worst teams in the league, and yeah. that's that's nothing to be excited about. Well, we we need to to dress up this defense uh, with something important: the linebackers, safety. Uh, cornerback because we're getting old, we're getting battered, and the yeah. youth that we have just is not. Chris, I'm mean, serious. Chris Conte and Shea McClellan should never have appeared on an NFL team. Mm. No, I I agree with you there. Um, uh, Conte especially. Um, I you know or Chris concussion as he's known. Yeah, you know the the paper doll uh, yeah. Chris Conte. You know, got to give the guy credit. At least he got hurt playing football. Yeah, you know he actually went in there and as a safety is supposed to do going in there and making tackles, mm-hmm. trying to make that jarring hit kind of thing, but hurting himself more than his opponent, really not supposed to the way that's supposed to go. But, yeah. um, you know, as, as far as adding to the defense, um, you know, I, I got a question online about, you know, what about guys like um, uh, Pierre Paul, the mm-hmm. defensive end from the Giants? Right. What about Indomitian Sue, <laughs> who's going to be a free agent from, the, from Detroit? Um, what do we look like, the Raiders? Well, you know what? It's one of those things. Would you rather play with the guy or against him? Because we haven't been so lucky against Indomitian no. Sue. The guy is an absolute horse. He is. He is an absolute monster. And I, despite I the fact that he's, you know, you know, he's got this reputation and he doesn't help himself with those things, but... He is that, the best interior lineman that argu- in the NFL. You know what that argument is, don't you? Even hmm. Mussolini made the trains run on time <laughs> in Italy. It's that argument right there. So, <laughs> you know, he's he's the guy that, um, you know, you might want to say you don't like him, mm-hmm. but when he's playing for you, you'll love him. I think if, if the Bears could pull something like that off, yeah. I think that would be a huge coup, especially since – he gets to beat up on Detroit twice a year. We need to talk sometime about free agent moves on the offseason, all that stuff, too. So we'll we'll catch up with those. We do have to run right now. Larry, I Aww. really appreciate you being uh, a source for Chicago Bears news and reviews during the season uh, on the Chicago Bears Review podcast. And, um, you know, we assume we'll be broadcasting Bears next year as well. That being the case, we'll drag you on the morning show. So thank you very much for your time and coming up to Cedar Rapids today. And I uh, look forward to hearing more of you on the the uh, Chicago Bears Re- Review Podcast. Thanks for having me, Doug. It was a pleasure. All right. Larry Dyer the third. It's Larry D. from the Chicago Bears Review Podcast. Find it on iTunes uh, as well as uh, you can find it with well, iTunes, but it's also got its uh, spot out there on um, Podbean. Yes, it's uh, CBR Podcast at po- uh, dot podbean.com is the web address. All right. Wonderful. Larry, have a safe trip home and a happy new year to you. Thank you very much. Bear down. Bear down.
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.